Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Violet Sanctuary Spa, your online holistic spa at blogtalkradio.com with your spiritual consultant, Tia Johnson. Hello, it's Friday and I'm so thrilled because I get to talk to you all today. I have a wonderful guest here, and today we're going to talk about uncovering blockages and the uh, path towards healing. So our host today, Teresa Schultz, author of Fear of the Fear Standard, A Guide and Personal Journey to Regain Our Intuitive Spirit. Oh, just a second, I have a bit of an echo here. Oh, goodness. I have a bit of an echo. Here we go. So here we go. Again, Teresa Shaw's author of the Fear Standard, a fear, excuse me, author of the Fear Standard, a guide and personal journey to regain our intuitive spirit, has been an intuitive empath medium since childhood. She has experienced two significant visions, one at the age of seven and the other at the age of nineteen, which help her to begin to prepare her questioning for the nature of a personal reality. <clears throat> Furthermore, she ended her 26-year uh, corporate human service consulting career in 1997 to continue her path as a writer and spiritual student, advisor, and teacher, where she began offering her services in guided spiritual readings and past life recognition, meditations, and individual dream word consultation. In 2005, while living in New Mexico, Teresa began a, d- a deep journey of healing and growth through a spiritual crisis and consciousness and initiation that left her bedridden through the path of Lyme disease. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Teresa had a near-death experience and spent over two and a half years in a nursing rehab facility in Ferran, Utah, where she since has been closely guided and protected by several spiritual guides and teachers to help her along this significant journey of deep healing and spiritual work. Teresa has spent over six years in social exile where she discovered that the greatest pain one can endure is also the point of departure to the greatest love. Fear in all its many facets is truly a spiritual matter, and love has the final word. She currently lives in the central coast of California in the States. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Teresa Schultz. Well, hello there, Tia. I'm very happy to be here and uh, happy to be with all of you that are able to attend today. Um, I have quite a bit of uh, things to cover in regards to our topic that Tia has so kindly invited me to talk about, uncovering blockages and finding the path towards healing. My goodness, um, I think this is part of our primary reason for being here on planet Earth is to do this incredible healing and growing and expanding process. And before I get into the details, one thing I would like to say is that the whole process of uncovering blockages and getting on our particular individual path towards healing is a process and a path to becoming whole. Whatever we're experiencing in life, whatever traumas or challenges or even wonderful, exciting things, all of these things are a mixed bag. It's all a process of becoming. There isn't anything out there, I would love to emphasize this to everybody, 
there isn't anything out there that is putting you on a path of punishment or any experience that maybe have you, you're having in life currently some of your greatest challenges, as I am in recovering from uh, th- this medium in which I'm working from of Lyme disease, it, it's not a punishment. So I'd like to emphasize that to everybody who are dealing with some significant challenges in their life right now, is that there is no punishment. This is all about learning and growing and loving. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Defining blockages, or we call them sometimes roadblocks or obstacles, is essentially something that stops us from being uh, in one way or another. And what I mean by being is that First and foremost, of course, we're spiritual beings. And then we're here on planet Earth to have this human experience. So we are this combined five physical sense person, individual being, and we are spiritual beings that have higher senses and higher inner resources to work with. So we're working with this combination. So a roadblock is something that is stopping us from being or becoming the best we can be. It always points down to whether we're dealing with an emotional, mental, or physical challenge, it always distills itself down to our spiritual growth. So none of those things can be separated. Everything has to do essentially with our spiritual growth. So if we're dealing with emotional blockages, as I said, or extreme physical challenges, you can better believe that we are working deeply on our spiritual growth as well. So what I'd like to do is just kind of break this down for everybody. If you'd like to take some notes, uh, please do so. Um, I can post some of this on my Facebook uh, wall as well afterwards. But essentially, we're dealing with self-imposed blockages or our own internal blockages. Self-imposed blockages can be how we think, how we feel, the fears that we've developed and carry around inside of us, our belief system, and our attitudes. And then we have the second part, which is the external blockages, those blockages that have been imposed upon us from an external source. And those, again, can be something like a physical illness. It can be poverty. It can be uh, what I call tribal or cultural rules, organizational rules, and even something uh, uh, external like drugs. So we're actually dealing with a combination. When we're dealing with blockages, pretty much the majority of the time, we're dealing with both the self-imposed blockages and the blockages that were imposed upon us. And usually the blockages that were imposed upon us in life at some point in time, we carry with us in our life that become things that we recreate, we impose upon ourselves. So most of the time, again, we're dealing with a combination of internal and external blockages. So that's what we've got to work with. And um, I think there are three things uh, that we can look at as far as 
how do I know what my blockages are? How can I get to the core of my blockages? Um, what's blocking me from becoming the best I can be? What's blocking me from, you know, doing the work that I love to do? What's blocking me from healing and having a, uh, you know, a, a exhilarating, joyful life? What's blocking me? Um, what are the fears that are blocking me from from living the best that I can? So I'm going to talk about three levels of consciousness. And I can't take complete ownership of this, of course, because there are a lot of people, a lot of teachers out there that talk about these three levels. And I like to refer to Carolyn Meese, one of our uh, great modern-day spiritual uh, Western uh, uh, spiritual teachers. She talks about uh, three levels of consciousness, and she refers to them as three levels of power. And when we start looking at our at our at our blockages, and I will talk about the tools that we can use, so we can take that step by step. But again, what I'd like to talk about is let's take a look at the three levels of consciousness that that I like to call them, or as Carolyn Meese refers to them as the three uh, uh, levels of power. The first level is what we call the tribal or the the cultural level of power or consciousness. And this is usually defined as the follower, the person, as we all have in our lives and or do, we follow the rules. We grow up, we follow what our community says, we follow what our teachers say, we follow what our guardians or parents say. Now, a lot of that's good, and a lot of it can be bad. So you can think of that, the light bulbs going on in your heads right now, perhaps, that are going, oh, yes, yes, I was taught this, and I discovered later on this was not good for me, or I was taught this through family or community, and this was great. And that's considered the lowest level, the tribal level, because it's usually the level of the follower, the person or individual who follows the rules and doesn't necessarily question those things that may later on in life actually become major roadblocks or blockages for them. Now, the second level is what's referred to as individual power. And that's where we start questioning. We start asking questions about who am I? Uh, Is this right for me? What am I doing? Um, Start looking at our own self-awareness. And it's really considered a high level of power where we are looking at ourselves as individuals and not just simply followers of the tribe or followers of the community. And we begin to do the internal journey of self-awareness and questioning or inquiry about everything we've become, everything we're learning, and where we go from here. Now, the third level of consciousness or level of power is considered the symbolic power, and that's the highest place of consciousness that we can be, something that we're all working on. But basically what it is is you're not only looking at the tribe and and, and what those rules and regulations and cultures and things that you're, you're within and following or participating in, and you're not only just looking at 
what does this mean for me as an individual? What is this, you know, is this good for me? What is it I am becoming? Who am I? But now we're adding another level, which is the third level, the symbolic level. And this is where you become the observer. This is where, this is kind of like a, oh, I consider a transcendent level. This is the highest spiritual of observation and conscious awareness. And this is where we start saying, what does this mean in the overall scheme of things? What is the highest symbolic meaning of this experience or what's going on in my community or what's happening in my life as far as as the totality of my spiritual evolution? We can take a look, and I'll give an example of this because this is a little bit more difficult, I think, to grasp. I know it was for me, you know, uh, years ago when I was work, begin, beginning to work with this. So the symbolic power uh, in, in looking at that, what does that mean an example? And that is we can take a look at what's going on in the world right now. Uh, take a look at what's happening um, in the Middle East, for example, what's happened in Iraq and, and uh, uh, Libya and Egypt and Syria. And we can say all of those people that were followers of the, the, the tribe, you know, the followers have moved beyond that now. And they started looking at their individual, who am I, what's good for me, what's in my highest good, and asking questions. And so what happened is really a revolution that's going on in the world right now because people are looking at it from an overall perspective to say, what does this mean as far as our total spiritual evolution of becoming in independence and in freedom. So we here, wherever we are, whether I'm here in the United States, we've got people perhaps listening in India, some in you know in other uh, maybe Australia, other parts of the world here with us today, we can say, what do we think this means symbolically for everybody? So what's going on in the Middle East, for example, is actually an evolution, a revolution as harsh and as, as, as sad and as violent as it is. But we can look at that from a symbolic perspective and say people are wakening up and we're looking at a, to- a total and evolutionary process of higher spiritual awareness and becoming. So, just to recap that, we've got our first level of consciousness or power, and that's the tribal, the follower. That's not good. That's not bad. Uh, It can be either or or both, a combination. But it's basically the follower. The second level is the individual, where I'm starting to separate myself and I'm starting to ask and inquire within. And then again, the third level is the transcendent or symbolic highest power that's saying, What is the highest good for all? What does this mean in our entire evolution as um, spiritual beings having a human experience? Okay, so digesting that piece of it right now, let's go into 
Let's getting down to the individual pieces. Let's getting down to, um, you know, what what stops me? What are some of the, the roadblocks that, that I can have um, from a day-to-day level? You know, our, our working days, our, our days at work, our days at home, our days in relationships, and so on. So what are the causes of our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual blockages? I would like to say, first of all, that anybody who is born with or evolves into at some point in time in their life with a physical, uh, extreme physical disability, um, please know that this is, this is no punishment. <laughs> Nobody's punishing you. And that this is actually an opportunity to grow and to teach others, believe it or not. It is not only the medium from which some of our greatest healing and and, and growth and creativity uh, and, um, and wonderful things as, as far as side-by-side with, with, the, with the hard stuff that can happen. But a person born into a family who's blind, for example, a person born into a family who didn't have any legs. What do we suppose that the meaning of that is? That is such a, that's like a spiritual teacher being born into the planet because that particular individual gets to come in with all of their traumas and challenges to try to fit in and to find their path in life. But they are a great teacher. They get to come in these people who are not considered the norms of everyday society, and they get to teach us how to love. They get to teach us how to grow in love and acceptance. And I just wanted to state that again very clearly and right out there because I know there are many people who are dealing with extreme physical uh, challenges in life, and um, maybe physical challenges that even affect the mind, physical challenges in the brain that affect the mind, aside from being depressed or having uh, emotional problems, which we will talk about in in much greater degree. But these people who come into the planet who are born with physical challenges, either with the body and, and in the brain, are born as teachers. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that, and we'll continue here. So what are some of the examples of blockages that we deal with? Well, um, a great example, uh, and I'm going to give two or three different examples here. I know we don't have a whole heck of a lot of time because the last 30 minutes is going to be for your questions to me. But I'd say probably the most common example of blockages are the things that every family deals with. There is not one person in one family here on the planet that does not have somebody who becomes their great agitator in their life. The person who is going to give you some problems. Now, it can be for anything from you don't have anything in common, common, you don't understand each other, perhaps, or to the point of any level of uh, stress um, and abuse, emotional stress, emotional abuse, physical stress, physical abuse, 
Um, there are people who are neglected. We can have neglect. We can find abuse in schools. We can find trauma through organizations such as extreme religion, uh, teachings. Um, you can go on and on. But in your minds, I just want the light bulb to go off in, 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 in our individual minds here and say, okay, who in my family or within my arena of what I call family has been my greatest agitator? Now, keep in mind that you may be also somebody else's agitator. You may be the agitator. But at any rate, just think about that. Who's giving me some problems as I've been growing up? Who has challenged me, doesn't understand me? Um, you know, uh, I, we fought, we've argued, we don't get along. We can think of those, so think of that. Just keep that in your mind. So we can grow up, we can grow up with some emotional issues, and one of those can be, and this is going to be an example that I'm going to provide, is the fixer. Women can tend to fall into this category, the fixer. Uh, this is the child that actually grows up playing the parental role. And this is the child who feels responsible to make peace in the family, to try to take care of others, to make things okay, that tries to fix people's issues and problems and um, essentially uh, do somebody's emotional laundry. And that could be the child who has a parent or somebody in the family who is dealing with drugs or alcohol. It could be the child who is dealing with somebody in the family who's got some emotional problems themselves, so who is the arguer, the fighter, who can't get along and create stress. Uh, so you may have a very sensitive uh, probably more evolved person, highly evolved, higher evolved person, who's born in that family that becomes a fixer. They see what needs to happen. They see the answers. They see if this could just change, if I could just do this or that, uh, if I could just make this better, if we could just talk this out, you name it, they become the fixer. They also become the scapegoat. And where does that come from again? Well, that usually comes from the emotionally and spiritually immature guardians and parents that they're born into. We we all have one or two um, on some level or another. So the roadblock, again, uh, becomes the person who goes into the role of servitude. The roadblock, therefore, becomes they lose their own identity and their truth and who am I and what what are my boundaries and what it is I want in life, and they become the role of service in trying to fix and take care of everybody. That is an extremely common role. So think about that one. And the the the, the, the remedy to that is going to be the process in life where you're going to work for your individual freedom to become your true creative self because that what was that is what was blocked. You started becoming everybody's fixer and parent. There's another role here, and it's a it's a uh, it's a less complicated role. But for any of you that are artists and writers and creators in any artistic capacity, and let's face it, being a, a great cook in the kitchen is a is an art form. <laughs> so every one of us, in some some part of us, is really a, the artist. 
But there is another example of what we call, uh, I like to call the creative block, and uh, that we're, we're doing our art, we're doing our writing, maybe we're, you know, we're working as a chef in a restaurant, we're the teacher of a school of children, and, and we have to create these, these particular agendas and, and classroom activities, whatever it is, we're doing some major creativity work, and we come, become blocked, and we find that on some level we're becoming regularly blocked off and on. We go through bouts of that. And where does that come from? What is that? What is the source for that? What's the blockage there? Um, and that's not being able to let get in touch with your imagination and your spiritual self. What's being blocked is that part of you that crea- uh, connects with your true intuitive, creative, imaginative self. Because what's most likely happening is a blockage that comes from a tribal uh, community and societal thing that says that you have to struggle, you have to push, you have to push yourself hard, you have to keep producing, and we develop this resistance. So what's happening is we kind of lost knowing what our best creativity is that spiritual magic and imaginative process that needs to be nurtured and protected and can only really happen when it's just allowed to flow in its own space, not in a space where society says you have to write three books every year, you have to create ten paintings in every six months, you have to create the best gourmet meals every three weeks, your imagination and your spiritual self can only produce as it arrives. It's, it's, it's a process that we can't even pinpoint, but we know we connect with it. So the blockage can come from society that pushes and pushes us to produce more, to do more, to struggle. So when we struggle, we start developing resistance. And then last um, is, again, illness. Um uh, you know, I, I touched on that a little bit, but I want to touch a little bit on the blockages of uh, um, a physical illness, and this is going to go into a, um, a emotional um, trauma and, and, and or illness as well. We have a society now, probably across the world, that says you have a problem, you're feeling depressed, you had a death in the family, you've had a divorce. Those are all traumatic experiences. And as human beings who have five external senses and as spiritual beings who are dealing with their higher intuitive senses, we need to access all of those places and be in those places perhaps of sadness, of of a period of depression, of grieving, and of not knowing what's coming next. We need to experience that. But what we have in our culture and in our tribal societies right now is take a pill, take an antidepressant, and numb yourself out so you don't have to feel it. But the problem is is it never goes away. It just gets stuck. And then at some point in time, you're going to explode. We also know now that there are incredible dangers to antidepressants. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't profess to know all of the answers and that there are certainly people who need to deal with their psychoanalyst, their therapist, their doctor, who, because of physical problems in the brain, 
have got to deal with certain medications that can help them go into balance again. I'm talking about what's happening in society today. Take a pill and and uh um and you know and just forget forget everything. So, we've got those emotional blockages from an external source called, you know, the pharmaceutical industry. But for people who have been in accidents, who are dealing with with physical illness where they've never had it before and you've got this trauma all of a sudden in your family or in your in your individual life, friends and family where you're dealing with physical trauma. And here come the blockages. Anything or any problems that we had had, you know, with with communicating, with problems in the family or with ourselves are going to just automatically come up when we're dealing with physical trauma because we're dealing with extreme challenge. And what happens is there is a belief system that we don't fit into the compu- uh, into the community, that we're not normal anymore, and that we don't have anything to contribute. And we're going to have to take a look at how we get into that place of being able to have purpose and meaning, which gets down to the basic tools that I'm going to talk about for the next couple minutes here, and then we can get into questions. But this is simple. The tools and the process, the process itself is takes as long as it needs to take, but the tools are not something that are, 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 are difficult or are hard to reach. The tools that we use to look at our blockages are the tools is is really through the process of self-inquiry. We start asking ourselves questions. What's happening to me? Why do I feel this way? Where does this come from? I don't believe in this anymore. Can you see where some of these questions of inquiry start taking a look at these three levels of consciousness or power? I was trained to be this way, but I don't believe this anymore. This isn't working for me. What is my truth? And we start taking a look at our fears and we become our we become friends to our fears. We start taking a look at where do our fears come from? Where did this start in my life? And we start the process of inquiry, asking who, what, where and when and just start writing down question after question. And as you get to those answers, um, some of them will come to you fairly quickly. Some of them will come to you through the dream state. Some will come through you through a process of meditation and just contemplation. And some of those answers will come to you through research of having to do some investigation. But it is a process of questioning when we start questioning, why do I feel this way? Where does this come from? Oh, oh, my mother. Oh, this is what my mother taught me. Oh, this is my Uncle Joe taught me. This is how you how you react to this. When you start discovering those, then you are getting into your individual power of self-awareness, and that's where you become empowered to do something about it. That is where you can start taking action. One last thing that I will talk about, because I think it's real important that we're becoming aware of this now, uh, 
20 years ago, 30 years ago, we wouldn't be talking about this probably as, as openly, but what if you're one of those individuals, for example, that has an extreme fear, a blockage, say of swimming? You're afraid to even get near water. Um, you, you don't know where that comes from. <clears throat> Nobody taught you to be afraid of water. You didn't have an accident that or an experience that was traumatic. You have no idea. There is no no reason, nothing you can connect with, but you are incredibly, extremely afraid of water. It is highly possible that you had a traumatic experience in a previous life or what we call past life trauma that you carried over into this lifetime that you can deal and heal with through hypnotherapy, meditation, or working with your dreams. So with that, I think my 30 minutes is more than up. It's a lot of information, and I am happy to start taking any questions that anybody has on how we are how we uncover blockages and start removing those through the process of inquiry. Yeah, we actually we do have a caller in queue, but I just wanted to say just a couple of things. We'll take a caller, and then we go to a, a quick break. I just like a lot of stuff that you touched on, especially with um, – Addressing the blockages because one thing in order to find a password healing is to actually know that there's a blockage and, of course, to ask questions to entertain a thought what would happen if this, this, and this. So that way you can really get through that healing process. But I'm just going to keep my part short, take the call as so we go to a break and, and go back more into talking. This, so. Okay. Hello? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Tia. This is Teresa. Hi. Uh, well, we, we took a caller. I don't know if they hear me. It's, it's like it's a Skype number. It's a 000012. Begin a number for Skype. Okay, we'll come back to that caller. Okay. So I don't. I don't. I'm not sure they hear us. Okay, well, if you are the one using Skype, uh, see if you can message us in the chat forward and we'll get right back to you. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like what you said because when there is a, a big issue, uh, whether the case may be a death, an accident, um, the the go-to thing is to take a pill and to stay to yourself and not actually express what's going on because the society is like keep a stiff upper lip, keep it moving, but it's not really addressed. And, and a lot of people don't have that support system as well. And especially if uh, it, it, it goes towards a money aspect, say if um, it was an accident and they couldn't um, walk for several months, it's like, okay, I do need to recover. However, my job won't pay for that time out. So they don't get a chance to address that blockage of recuperating and things that really need to be addressed, and they rush themselves into doing something else. Thus, there's still that that, that uh, residue of um, that need and want to, to kill. And I also like how you touched about what's going on in Libya. And we can even see it in the U.S. over the years, whenever there was a major crisis or something that was a blockage, people got together and stood for a cause. We saw this with the civil rights. We saw this during the 60s, the 70s. Anything that people thought was wrong, any blockages that were there, people got together and, and they cleared the path. They addressed the issue and cleared the path till there was a resolution. 
And we see that time and time and time again where um, people believe that um, there is a method to healing. But, again, you had to acknowledge the blockage first, and that's what you really touched, to how to address it, ask the questions, and so forth. So we're going to go to a quick break. I'm just going to give you the calling number because I, I apologize. I had listed the wrong calling number. The calling number for domestic users is 619-996-1641. The chat rooms are up and running. i like to give a big shout-out and thanks to the people in the chat room. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounced the name, but Anitra, Ashley Reese, Elena, Guest, 22666 and a message for you. So we're going to go to a quick break and we'll come back and uh, I'll see you then. Great. Radio.com. I'm Tia Johnson, your spiritual consultant here with Teresa Schultz, and we're talking about uncovering blockages and your path towards healing. We're going to take this caller now. It's from uh, Erico 504 on the Block Talk Radio. I don't get a chance to see uh, names or anything like that. It's just a phone number. So I'm just going to click on here. Hello. Hi, Tia. This is Debbie from New Orleans. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you have uh, this topic on today. I'm really uh, excited to hear what, you know, the blockages are. Yeah, there there are always, um, I don't want to say always, but that sounds so cynical, but yeah, there are blockages that do exist, and sometimes we don't realize them. Like with uh, Teresa uh, touched earlier, um, just the day-to-day blockages. But uh, do you have a, a specific question? Yeah, um, I I have issues with the second and third sh- chakras, and there is some sort of block. I've been uncovering and covering and covering, and it seems like either I don't hit it exactly or there's onion layers that I'm peeling. But uh, 
my stomach will just get kind of tight and hard and um I guess it's a way I respond to stress, but I think there's something else there. That's why I'm really excited about, you know, your guest and seeing what she could tell me as far as that. Hi, this is Teresa. Now, what what is your name again? Debbie. Debbie. Okay, Debbie, this is your second and third chakras. Well, um, I yeah. can just see right now what's happening with you. I'm going into kind of this this channeling um, mode, and I'm, I'm I'm checking with your energy. But uh, there's something that you're having a hard time digesting in your life. In other yeah. words, a hard time swallowing. That that yes. it is not something that's not acceptable to you, and and you don't want to digest it anymore. <laughs> so this ah, is that's um, so true. Yeah, yeah, I, I can just see that. It's exactly. That... This... Yep. Yep, yep. I work for people that so, are not smart, and I just take a lot of stuff, and I'm sick of it. Well, okay. So, and your body is talking to you big time about that, sweetie. So, so what's happening? Your second uh, chakra, your um, yeah, is is your is that part of you? Is that of course that for those who may or may not be aware of uh, our energy chakras, but we're talking about the second chakra here, which is basically your chakra uh, has to do with uh, not only your, your, your sexuality and sensuality, but your creativity, who right. you are with your gifts, talents, skills, and abilities, and your third chakra or your solar plexus chakra is that chakra of will and strength and inner truth. That is the gut, you know, um, sometimes we can feel our intuition through there. Sometimes we feel it through our heart, but or a combination. But the, I am just seeing that that there you are getting to a point where you do not. There's something you do not want to digest anymore in life or accept anymore. So here is your opportunity to start <laughs> asking some questions and to say, okay, what is it? That is, what is it that 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 I don't want to, to digest anymore? I don't want to accept. I don't want to swallow, so to speak. I don't want to swallow this anymore and accept it because it's not my truth. What is it? And you can define that. Write that down. You probably, I think I heard you say there are some people or there's some issues, something with people that you don't want to deal with. Um, and Work then write situation. down. Right, situate work situation. Okay, well, isn't that perfect? That's either work or home, one of the two. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so then identify what specific, you know, who the people are or the players. What specifically is the issue, and then what what is the issue that's coming to you? And then I would ask you to ask yourself the harder question, and that is, what is my role in this? Because it's always a it's always a partnership. Because right. there's something not only for you to learn, but evidently there is something for somebody else to learn. There's always this transference, okay? Student teacher, teacher student. So if somebody well, that's coming what I was at just you, say, I feel like yeah. I caretake people, and then I resent oh. them because then they keep coming back for more, and they become like well, babies. They expect it. Yeah, they accept yeah. it. And and but what's then happening they me then, in the meantime. Right. So we're talking about boundaries, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're talking about defining what are your boundaries now. So in other words, and we have a lot of people that do this. Again, I say women can be more prone to this because that's how we are raised in many cultures. Um and that is being there for everybody, for everything, and uh, and we don't say no. 
So perhaps one of your um, one of the magic words that that uh, will begin to uncover your blockage is the word no. And um, uh, for people who are used to you always saying yes or showing up and doing, so to speak, to go into a place of saying, and we can always do this with compassion and respect and yet authority, for example. Do you know, I thought about that. Thank you for giving me that information, but I'm not going to participate in that. That is not something I want to do. That is not something that will work for me at this time. That's it. Love it. Don't have to go into explaining why, why, or defending yourself. And that takes practice. It takes practice because you're uncovering a belief system and a way of being that probably began the tribal, the community, the family, the female, perhaps, that said Mm -hmm. that you are going to be there and you're going to show up and you're going to fix and you're going to take care of and you're going to say yes. But now you're going to be creating this new pattern, which is really the truth of who you are because your second and third chakra are screaming at you saying, this is not my truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, also, uh, when they come over, because I I have experienced uh, similar issues, um, I like to visualize um, sort of like a force field. Near you, does whatever you said. Just visualize that as as a way to uh, promote boundaries. And also, when they do come, say, um, I, I'll get to you in a minute. Make them wait a little bit, so that way they know that you have your own priorities, and their priorities can't always be your priorities before your priorities. So I love that. Uh, yeah. So so do that. They say, okay, I'll be with you in a minute. Hold on, I'm finishing this email. Um, Something like that. Just get them to to get into the the groove of knowing that I will get to you, but it won't always be on your time. So that way, they right. won't feel more like the need baby. Right. Okay. So I you really have, yeah, you have got to determine what your boundaries are. Um, you know, I can sit here and give you all kinds of examples and and so on to get that kind of get, get that rolling for you. But you you you've got to determine those boundaries. And one thing that I would like to to mention, because uh, this extends out beyond any blockage, and as people on your spiritual path of growth and evolution and becoming becoming a better human being, becoming a better spiritual being, and that is we can say you know. We we know that we can we we do this work to surround ourselves in light and and in positive energy, and we block out all external uh, and deflect away all external negative or imbalanced energies. And we can do that to ourselves every for ourselves every day. Surround ourselves in that light and protection. However, we individually can break that at any moment when we cross over our own boundaries. External spiritual protection is always there, but we have free will. So if we break our own boundary or our own truth, then we're doing that. That doesn't stop the other person from coming in and asking. But what it does is gives you that support to say, I'm supporting you, I'm here with you, I'm helping empower you. But we do essentially have to do the work. Mm-hmm. So good luck. I think you're going to be you're going to do you're going to do fine because you're already aware of it. You're tired of it, 
and your body and your energy systems are talking to you about it, you're on the road. Well, you might even get a boss. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, you might even get a, a bonus because they may see you as being busy. They might offer to help you with the work and ease your, your workload. So you never know. It might even be more beneficial than you realize. Well, what if I get to the point where I just don't, I mean, I just now I resent her so much um, that maybe it's just you get to that point where you should just break away, do you think? Well, you know, that's that's perhaps another, and, and you know, again, that is a question only you can answer. That is a good question for for yourself to say, if I am working with or I am dealing with a an extreme agitator here, that no matter what I do or say or no matter what my boundaries are, this person cannot and will not honor those, then choices need to appear in your, you need to think about choices. Because... We can be and do all that we that we can possibly do. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to just just refer to this in an, in, in kind of a, a visual example, where sometimes we just have to remove ourselves, and that's the, like the story of the person that walks down walks down this particular street and they fall into a pothole. They get up, and the next time they walk down the street, um, they they maneuver around that pothole, but then they fall into another one. Exactly. And then they walk down the street again, and they maneuver around those other two potholes, but oops, there's another one, and they fall in. They make a decision at some point that they're not going to play the maneuver game and continue to fall in the pothole, so they no longer walk down that street. Hmm. I love that. Thank you. Yes, you You're most welcome. <laughs> Okay, thank you a lot, both of y'all. You're welcome. Thank you for calling in. Oh, no problem. I was excited, waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, we'll try to get to this other caller here. Hello? I don't hear anything. Okay, we'll come back to that one. We do have a question from the uh, the chat room. And the question okay. is, how to overcome issues in love? Um, is there an, a specific issue in love or just um, I'll wait for that person to... Yeah, what, is their specific, what, are the, what is their specific um, concern? Yeah, I'm waiting for the person to respond. Uncertain communication has 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 something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, she she's typing. She's typing in. Um, oh, good, jealousy. Good. Ooh, that's oh, a okay, okay, okay. Um, first of all, um, ooh, yeah, that's 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 a that's a that's a tough one. Okay, if you're dealing with somebody in your life who is jealous, um. I would I would say that you're dealing with somebody who has extreme fear uh, and lack of confidence in themselves um, that could go back to whatever their own issues are from childhood or past relationships or whatever. But you're dealing with a negative, um, aggressive, and um, uh, um, you know dark energy there um, because jealousy is one of those those we call it the green-eyed monster for. 
you know, for a reason. Um, but um, so, so the person oh, is coming is, from a, a, a what? She, she's saying she's the one who is jealous. How to overcome she's that the one fear? That's jealous. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, hey, I'm so uh, hey, I'm grateful that that she's acknowledging that. So, that I would what I would say to this caller is first of all, bravo, bravo to you for acknowledging this. Um, you're dealing with jealousy. So here are that, and in your blockage, that is a blockage to relationship. It's a blockage to trust. Your blockage is connected with being able to communicate and receive love and receive trust. So, so being jealous actually turns people away from you. Um, so I would ask you, where does this come from? Why are you jealous? Do you have a really good reason? I mean, do you have a fact to go upon? Do you have facts? Or is this a pattern that you have had in relationships? So those would be the two questions, first of all, that you'd want to write down. Is this a pattern for me in, in, in most relationships? Uh, at one point in time, whether it's the girlfriend or you know boyfriends, hanging out relationships, uh, do I get jealous of one of the, the, the people that I hang out with, uh, or, or is it my personal partner? Uh, more intimate relationship. And the question is, why am I jealous? Where does this come from? See, where where does this come from? Why? And is there any fact, any fact whatsoever that you can, first of all, remedy it with? Um, I, I know that this person's having an affair. You know, I know this. Not only do I know it, I had a friend, you know, I know this, they told me this, somebody told me this, I know it. Uh, and maybe your intuition uh, and some other red flags are giving you that, for example. But why do I have this? Where is this coming from? Where did this come from? How did you start developing jealousy? And then what is the remedy to that? What is it you want to be? How do you okay. want and to be? She she also just stated in the the chat room uh, there was a reason and there still is. So um, well, I guess what we can okay. look at is and, and you touched it. You know, it was good that she actually admitted that there was a blockage and um, the questions to ask. So um, right. I guess now um, we can open up more like a lines of communication with the people involved, so to speak. And, well, I think um, the blockage here is action. The blockage yeah. here is is um, if you've been dealing with with uh, you're dealing with you're feeling jealous um, and fearful because because behind jealousy is fear, the fear of loss, the fear of not of losing trust, the fear of commitment, and the fear of uh, who is this person, you know. So um, so what is the blockage now? If you know this for a fact. The blockage is, is, is uh, um, not taking action, and um, the action is is what you you caller um, have to decide. Um, are you able to sit down and work this through and communicate openly and express how you feel? And can this person talk honestly to you? If you can overcome this and 
you know, uh, alleviate the feeling of jealousy. This is your. This is this is connect. This is connecting with with not only her first, her second, and her third chakra, and also your your throat chakra, your fifth chakra of communication. Um, this is really a, a place of trust and you know lack of trust and, and, and security with somebody that you once trusted and felt secure with. So the blockage is an in, in, uh, inability or um, uh, not taking action. And uh, caller, you you must decide um, what actions that you must take because number one, we cannot change anybody. Okay, do not become the fixer uh, because it never works. Number one. Number two, you'll become the scapegoat. Number three, it exhausts you tremendously, and you're always back to ground zero. So ask yourself what action is appropriate and best for you. And perhaps if you can't remedy it through communication and forgiveness and open and start developing and having that person start working with regaining your trust because it takes time, if you can't do that, then perhaps you need to get out of the relationship. But those are the questions in the inquiry to alleviate that blockage for you to figure and out. I also have I wish a, you, uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck. I also have a um, Facebook I am question. Uh, a blockage of uh, showing your... Let me actually go back to this. This person wants to know how he can fully... Uh, how did he? Oh, how he can fully show his identity because his family—he uh, follows a different religion than his family. So he wants to know what's the best, I guess, action he can take to, to, uh, I guess, gradually show his family who he truly is. Who he truly is. Oh, this is such a powerful one, and it takes so much courage. I mean, all of these, uh, who people who've called in. These, these are all. Um, challenges of uh, of heroic epic you know that we deal with daily they're huge in our growth so the challenge of you're dealing with your own spirituality or your own whatever your own spiritual place in life uh, as a part of who you are and he has a family that is in a different place or a different religion or or belief system and he wants to be able to show them who he truly is one step at a time the question that I would um, so the, the blockage of of identity of who you really are is a block is a roadblock there knowing who I am and what I believe in. Okay, questions. What questions do you want to ask yourself? How do I communicate this? You know those people better than anybody, and are they receptive to you? A little bit at a time, sitting down with them and talking to them, showing them a book sharing a story with them, um, how you feel is the best way to approach these people that you know the best. And um, keep in mind there's always that possibility that, and, and you probably may know some of that, the possibility that nobody's going to change their mind. But I think the greater, deeper need here is that you have respect and acceptance. And so... Through the process of inquiry, how to how do you remove the roadblock of of, of new, knowing who I am as a spiritual being? And that could be through education, communication, uh, taking little steps at a time to 
to show them what you know and what you experience without overwhelming somebody or making them feel too uncomfortable. And so start creating your questions, your line of inquiry around that area, and then see where it takes you. It'll take you to another level, hopefully, because this is a tribal thing. Uh, religion is, is a very, very big tribal thing. So it's a huge thing, and it's a beautiful opportunity um, how you want to do that. Start asking those questions and how you can do it. But I would do it slowly. You don't want to overwhelm somebody who has a belief system uh, that they've maybe had for all their life or even through past generations. And um, and do it joyfully and with love. And uh, um, let's see where it takes you. I, I agree. I was going to say show the positive aspect because a lot of um, religions uh, from gosh, I, I, I just name a whole bunch: Catholicism, um, uh, gosh, uh, Earth-based religions. A lot of uh, other mainstream religions they do tend to get a bad rap because there are a lot of uh, negative. I, I, I want to say something like a publicity. Just because people see what they see on TV, but that's not the whole religion. You know, there are a lot of right. aspects to a lot of religions, but people don't get to see that because they only see what they see on TV. They're going to get a really one-sided view. So I would right. just uh, right. I would just suggest showing the positive side. Uh, um, uh, the uh, what do they call it? Like the urban legends. You know, like no, this religion does not do this. This is it's a misconception. It got twisted over the years. Stuff like that. So I, I would say definitely show the positive aspect, or even take the negative aspect and then show how it came to that. But then show you no know, how it started. Positive over the years or whatever the case may be, this negative uh, connotation came about, and now this is why people think this. Right. So that, that's what well, I would do, most, show both sides. Right, right. Most of the, most of the fears and superstitions are, are based on ignorance. So it's mm-hmm. a process of teaching and showing and, and, and providing knowledge, um, you know, a book or something like that, but, you know, joyfully, um, easily, um, you know, no arguing. I mean, because everybody has their has the right to their particular belief system. But um, yeah, it's about uncovering the blockages of fear and superstition and distortion, and look for ways in order to do that. Right, right. Well, Teresa, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show and giving us wonderful information. I even wrote a couple of. Don't down. You've been very, very helpful, and the listeners and people in, on Facebook and the chat room—they're all very happy and all that. So, and, and the callers, I thank everyone. I just want to give out uh, Teresa's information. You can uh, contact her through various links. I'm just going to give them throughout, and I did post them in the chat room. One is uh, the blog womenofthewind.blogspot.com for consultations. Her Facebook address is. Facebook.com forward slash T R I Z A dot S C as in Charlie H U L T Z. Her book can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So that's just to give out her information there. Don't forget to join the Violet Sanctuary Spa Facebook page. And that's Facebook.com forward slash the Violet Sanctuary Spa. There's a YouTube channel and uh, the blog, all of which can be found, the links can be found on the Facebook page, so that way you're 
always connected. Uh, the website is nearly complete. I know I've been saying it for a few weeks now. I saw the website uh, the other day, and I nearly cried because it's so beautiful. I can't wait till you guys see it. It's, it's magnificent. So I'd like to give a big thanks to the people at Pesola Media Group. Thank you so much for that. Uh, next, we're going to have a, a special Halloween or for uh, the Wiccan and Earth-based uh, friends out there. So, so in. I hope I pronounced that right. So I have a little special holiday um, treat for you for uh, Halloween. So tune in next week, 2 p.m. Eastern uh, Daylight uh, Savings Time. And uh, you have a wonderful holistic day. And thank you, Trisha. Thank you so much, everybody. And don't hesitate to message me on Facebook or email me. My email address is there uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, if you have any questions or want to set up any consultations. Thank you all so very much. Thank you, Tia. You're most welcome. It's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.